We are in the third part of the series. If you haven't been here for the last two, let me kind of catch you up. Uh, I really felt this series, I always do, I, I never feel like I bring you something that I haven't heard from God, but uh, I really felt, and, and as is most of the time in January, kind of the, the tone for the year, uh, I've asked the Lord, give me something in January that I could, I could give them for the rest of the year. And I feel like this series is just that. It is really something you can take hold of. Because often in our lives, we kind of circle around the same things and we never really make progress. There's a lot of motion in our lives, just not a lot of movement forward in our lives. There's a lot of slinging mud. You know, there's a lot. It looks like we're doing a lot, but we're not getting anywhere. And that's a recipe, by the way, for exhaustion, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally and spiritually. And that's when your enemy, the devil, gets you most is when you're tired. Can I hear an amen? When you get exhausted, especially spiritually, that you've been circling around the same thing for a while, the enemy knows that's where he can, that's where you're the weakest. He would go to Jesus when he would tempt Jesus in the wilderness. It's because Jesus was on a fast, 40 days of fasting. How many of you know about day 10 into that, I'm pretty weak. You know what I'm saying? And, and the enemy knows that. He knew that about Jesus and he knows that about you And so we've been talking about taking ground in every area of our lives, financially and spiritually and vocationally and in our relationships. And last week we made some declarations. I hope you wrote those down. I hope you've been declaring that over your life every day this past week that I'm, I'm anointed by God. I'm anointed to accomplish the assignment God's given me. That I'm valuable to God. Even when I feel invisible, I'm valuable to God that I've got I've got intrinsic value not because of what other people say as a matter of fact we ended it by saying I don't have to prove anything to anybody else I've only got one person to please and that's God amen everybody I've just got God to please with my life and so today I want to bring you a message that I really do enjoy bringing to this particular topic if you hang around City Hills very long you'll hear me talk about this on a consistent basis I think it's one of the things God has given me in my life to share the body of Christ. I want to talk to you about your area of destiny, your area of destiny, what God's designed you to do. Because if you take ground, look at me, you can take ground in the wrong areas and still be unfulfilled. You can feel like, well, Pastor, I've conquered that thing. Yeah, but if God didn't give you that land to conquer, you'll go into it. You'll build houses there. You'll settle down there. And then 20 years later, you'll look around and go, I, I spent 20 years building the wrong thing. I, I, you, you'll climb the corporate ladder only to find out you've propped it up against the wrong wall. You, you, you'll get to the top of, of whatever field that you're in only to discover, man, this wasn't even the place God was supposed to, that I was supposed to have. You have an area that God wants to give you. Shout amen to that. You've got literal territory. Now let me give you just quick theology here. Look at me. This is going to get deep, so... Buckle up, okay? But I got I to gotta teach you this because it's super important. The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and, and, and evil in the, in the air. That there's, there's this idea that there's a spiritual war going on, and it uses the word principalities. Its, its root is the same that we get municipalities for, cities. Literally, it means that there is spiritual territory that in the spirit world, there is a demonic realm called principalities. And the Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but there's that spiritual territory, that principality that we do wrestle against. Are you still with me? Say amen. 
If there's evil spiritual principality, how many of you believe God has spiritual territory for you to take as well? That you've got an area of destiny that God's designed for you to take. It's a spiritual, let me show it to you in God's word. 2 Corinthians 10, Paul's writing to the church at Corinth and he talks about his area of destiny. He says, we will not boast about things done outside of our authority. Catch this. We're not going to talk about things that, that God didn't give us, the things that we don't have dominion over, the areas I'm not supposed to be in. Now, Paul is literally discussing with the Corinthian church, he's literally talking about the area God sent Paul to. Like, I have been sent to this area to plant churches, and I'm not, I'm not going to get distracted by something outside of my area of authority. But... I will boast only about what's happened within the boundaries of the work that God has given me. You catch that? That, I, that there are boundaries to God's work in my life. And I, I'm not going to worry about doing something outside of where God's given me. But I am going to focus my entire life and attention on the boundaries inside of where God's given me. And, and Paul says, by the way, that includes working with you in Corinth. Most people today don't like the hard work of discovery. I remember growing up, we, uh, I spent my teenage life in North Carolina, graduated from high school in uh, North Carolina, and uh, we used to go to the North Carolina mountains, to the Appalachian Mountains, and uh, there was uh, one particular town in Boone. Anybody ever been to the, uh, the Appalachian? Yeah, it's beautiful there, and, and so in Boone there was this, I was, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years old, and there was this old mining area, this, you know, mining town. And they had built where, you know, the water would come all the way down and we would mine for gold. Anybody know what I'm talking about there? And they would give you this pan and there would just be rocks and sand. And yeah, yeah, you'd kind of, you just, you know, shake it all like that. And I believed I was going to hit the jackpot. Every person before me was a loser. And God was going to, I was going to hit the jackpot. I hit the same jackpot over and over and over again, whatever that was. I'm not even certain it was gold. It was probably just pretty sand that I ended up with. But man, we spent hours, my brother and I, just staring into this sediment and rock and sand and water that was rushing by us, looking for gold. At some point in your life, you've probably given up on looking for the gold. Life has told you that discovery's hard. That finding out what I'm supposed to do with my life is hard. So I'll just settle for whatever it is I get instead of what I'm supposed to have. Are you still there? That I'll just, I'll just, I'll live my life. This is the path of least resistance. I'll just go this way. Instead of asking God, what bullseye do you want me to hit with my life? Like, what's the thing you want me to have? What's the area you want me to take ground in? What's the thing you really have designed for my life? I meet people all the time, not in this service, but in second. I meet Christians who, instead of asking God what the bullseye is, they just throw the dart at the wall and then go to the wall and draw the bullseye. You never miss. You never miss. You never miss when you take the dart in your hand and throw it at the wall and then go to the wall and go, oh, I meant to do that. You know what I mean? I meant to. I'm, I'm, I meant, this is where I meant to have my life. This is where, and now you'll build your whole life around the lie that that's where you were supposed to be when you know and God knows that's not the bullseye for your life. 
But that's not where God designed you to have dominion and destiny. And that's not the area that God had for you. And then if you're not careful, you'll end up blaming God for an unfulfilled life and God never drew the bullseye that you did. God, why did you give me this life? I didn't. You did. God, why did you bring me here? I didn't. You drew the bullseye. God, why did you put, I didn't. This wasn't my best plan for you. I gave you some other areas, some boundaries I wanted you to inhabit. And you never went after that stuff. You never did the hard work of discovering that stuff. You just decided to throw what was ever in your hand against the wall and settle for where you are. And God has more for you. If you believe that, shout amen. God has an area of destiny in your life a thing that you're supposed to do with your whole life, some ground you're supposed to cover, some ground you're supposed to take in your life. So how do I discover my area of destiny? I'm glad you asked. Write these down. Let me give you three ways to discover your area of destiny. Number one, you've got to ask yourself this question. What do I see? What do I see in my life? Vision is the most important tool that God gave you. As a matter of fact, the Bible says it like that, that your eyes are the window of your soul. They're the light of your whole body. The, the, the proverb says that, that the eyes are the light of the body. There's something about vision that God meant for you and I, not only physically, but, but spiritually, to have some vision in our life, vision for our lives, vision for moving my life forward. And I can't overstate to you enough that this is where most people drop the ball of destiny is they have no vision for anything forward. They have plenty of hindsight. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I know who I'm not supposed to be married to. <laughs> I, know, I know who I wasn't supposed to get with. I know what job I wasn't supposed to have. I know what area I wasn't supposed to be in. But you don't have any vision for the future in your life. The enemy, if he can, he'll keep you focused on your failures in the past instead of the possibility of your future. He'll keep you focused on where you come from, what you did, how bad it was, what mistakes you made, instead of the possibility and potential for territory that you've yet to discover, areas in your life that God destined for you to take over and have destiny and reign and conquer in this promised land. But you cannot keep your eyes in the rearview mirror about where I was and what happened and how you hurt me. you got to get vision for your future. Can I get a good amen? I even made a shirt for it that said, can I get an amen or say amen to that. I was getting my vision checked a couple of years ago. Whatever, don't ask me about it. I know it's supposed to happen every year, but I hate the little eye-blowing thing. It's, I feel like I don't know this is in Revelation. It probably is, or Ezekiel, that uh, that device is in hell. Anyway. And, and they put the little things over my eyes. I've worn glasses most of my life, and they put the little things over my eyes, you know, you have your glasses off, and, and, and the optometrist uh, covers up one of my eyes, and, and he covers up my, my left eye and asks me to read uh, on, the, on the paper. Now, uh, I'm confessing, because confession's good for the soul today, that I've learned to memorize them, and so I read better than I remember better than I see. Come on, somebody. So I just don't want you to tell me I'm, I'm getting old and, and falling apart. So I'll start making up what I think it says right there. And the bottom line is the guy knew better what, what was going on. I had my little girl with me. She was getting her eyes checked as well. And my right eye had gotten 
worse. My prescription had gotten worse in my right eye than, than it had been prior to that. And, and, and the doctor asked me, you know, is, like, are you having trouble? And I said, no, I'm not at all. I'm, and, and I was honest about that. Uh, I, I wasn't honest about reading the paper, but I was honest. I wasn't having trouble uh, any more than I, than I normally had. And he said to me, listen close. He said, well, I think what's happened is you've, you've learned to live with this poor vision. And you're right, you're, with it getting worse progressively over time. It's probably best we don't mess with it now. Everything's not okay. You've just learned to live with it. And there are people in the room today whose vision is messed up and it's not okay. You've just learned to live with it. You've just learned to live without vision in your life. You've just learned to live without a dream in your heart. You've learned to live without revelation for what could be and the destiny that God has for you. And in Jesus' name, that's going to change this weekend. i gotta, I got to fix your vision for what God could do in your life. You can't take any ground you can't see clearly. Write that down. You can't take any ground you can't see clearly. You need to ask God for vision. If you don't have any vision for your marriage, I promise you, you'll end up in divorce. You say, what do you mean vision? Our vision is we just stay together, whether we like it or not. We stick together for the kids. That's not vision. It will end up in turmoil. Listen to me. Vision is what we could accomplish for God together. Vision is the plan God has for us together. you got to keep vision in front of you. If you keep talking about the hurt your spouse inflicted last year, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, I promise you, you will end up in trouble. you got to have vision for the future in your marriage. If you don't have any vision for financial freedom, it doesn't really matter how much you try, how much you make. You can make more and keep losing more because you don't have vision for what's next. You can be prosperous and in bondage to debt because you got no vision for what could be, for what I have. You don't have any vision for your health? You can want a six-pack and end up with a keg. Come on, somebody. It doesn't just happen by, I promise, I know. I've tried to positive talk myself into six-pack. They don't work. I, a six-pack of Diet Coke, that's what, you know. It just don't work that way. You've got to have vision for what you want in your life. If you don't have vision for your spiritual life, if you, if you just keep resting on what, on what you have, listen close, you, I, I, this is true. I don't, I don't know that it's, that you lose a relationship with God. If you don't have vision for your spiritual life, you just slide into religious practice and not relationship with God. You'll start becoming religious. You'll start depending on the religious stuff that you know, and it's empty and it's shallow, and you're Christian in name only, and there's no vibrancy in your life and no move of God in your life, and you're not hearing from the Spirit of God. And you can do all the religious stuff, but there's no life in it. Are you there? Because you don't have vision. If you don't have vision for your work, you'll just you, you'll get 20 years, 25 years in a career and realize this wasn't what God designed for me to do. You got to have vision. What do you see? What do you see? Write down. What do you want in every area of your life? You can't take territory and ground in your life if you aren't writing down, seeing clearly the vision that you have. Say amen to that. Let me give you two. The second way that you can that you can discover that area of destiny, is you're going to have to discover your limitations. Now, I, I'm a positive faith preacher. You've been around here long. You know that. I, I'm certainly, 
I, I'm not one to bring you down. And I, I don't, th- matter of fact, I don't think the gospel is supposed to do that. It's good news. Amen, everybody. I think it ought to lift you up. But it, it's good news for you to know you've got limitations. I, I grew up in a family where I believed I could do anything. And I thank God for that. My parents and my grandparents, I have a strong spiritual uh, heritage that says, you know, you can do anything, you can be anything. And at some point it dawned on me, probably later than it should have, that I can't do everything that I want to do with my life. That there are limitations. I want desperately to rescue my spurs from the downward spiral that they're in. That's the only amen I got out of somebody up there. But at five foot, and don't worry about the inches, I can't play for the San Antonio Spurs. I've got limitations. I want to, I just can't. And that's the only reason, by the way. It's not my skill. It's completely my height. I just can't. I can't. Listen, confession to you, I can't do a cartwheel. (laughs) I just can't do it. I'm shaped like a square. I'm as big, as wide as I am tall, and I just can't do it. I look like a monkey on crack. I just, I just, I'm, I fall everywhere. I, I'm not coordinated enough. I don't have enough upper body strength. I cannot do a cartwheel. I want to. I try to, but I, I just can't do it. And the problem, listen close, the problem with some of us is that instead of discovering our limitations, we're defined by our limitations. Okay, let me say it this way. So instead of deciding what you can do, all you do is talk about what you can't do, and so you don't do anything. And I'm not asking you to be defined by your limited. Well, I can't sing. If I could sing, then I'd get on the dream team. I can't speak in front of people. I just can't do that. No, no, no. I'm not asking you to focus on what you can't do. I'm asking you to ask God, what are the limitations you want for me? And in there, tell me what I can do. Can I get a good amen to everybody? There are too many people that start thinking they can't do anything because God hasn't called you to do everything, so you do nothing. God, that was better than you wrote down. Too many people believe that you can't do anything. I I, I guess I just can't ever do anything in my life because you can't do everything because you weren't designed to do everything. So you you, you get what I call paralysis by analysis where you analyze so much that you do nothing in your life. Well, I'm physically limited to this, so I I can't do that, so I guess I'll do nothing. Well, where I come from, I don't have all of these connections, so I guess I can't do all this stuff I wish I could, so I guess I'll do nothing. Well, I didn't go to college, I don't have the same degree they have, so I can't get the the, the job as quickly as they can, so I'm not going to work hard with what I have and try to get promoted where I am. Are you tracking with me? Just because you can't do everything doesn't mean you can't do something. And just because God hasn't called you to everything doesn't mean God hasn't called you to something. Some people try to do... It's honestly, it's heartbreaking as a pastor to watch people jump from thing to thing to thing to job to job to job to relationship to relationship to relationship. Church to church to church. House to house to house. Place to place to place. You know why? Because you're chasing everything instead of, instead of getting planted and doing something. 
Instead of taking what God's given you. I know people that their calling changes every other week. I'm called to be a dog trainer. Pastor, God called me to train dogs. And then the very next week, I see on Facebook, they're opening up a closet organization company. Come on, I'm called to organize closets. And the very next week, they're underwater basket weaving. That's what they're called to do. Or, 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 or iPhone photographer. Or whatever issue they... Why do you think people chase over and over and over? <laughs> Because they're trying to do everything instead of do the thing that you can do. Instead of asking God, what are my limitations? And then when you find your delimitation, what, what God's actually designed you to do, look, there are unlimited possibilities within my limitations. Now, now your destiny starts coming into focus. Now I have unlimited possibilities inside of my limitations. So let me help some of you busy bees. Anybody feel like your to-do list is longer than Santa's naughty list? Come on, somebody, where you at? You just can't seem to catch up. Come on, you're, you're busy as a one-armed paper hanger. You know what I'm trying to say. You just, I probably shouldn't have said that. I'll, I'll fix that. You just cannot seem to get ahead. You know why? I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you some release here. You ready for this? It's because you say yes to too much. If you'll learn what your limitations are, it starts making decisions for your calendar for you, and you'll only say yes to the things inside of your limitations, no to the things that are outside of your limitations, and suddenly you get more time to do. Now you have unlimited possibility inside of my limitations. Now I can really excel on the things God called me to do because I'm not saying yes to things God didn't call me to do. Say amen to that, everybody. That'll free you up. That's worth the price of admission today, and we didn't even charge you. For you to know you have unlimited possibilities if you'll discover your limitations. That inside, when you discover your area of destiny, everything is possible to you inside that calling. Now you are well equipped to do everything God called you to do inside of that. And a great example, we're in a series about the children of Israel taking territory and about them conquering the promised land that God had had promised them you, you know the story 40 years wandering Moses has died Joshua's in charge they stand at the banks of the river and they're they're believing God and, and what am I going to do and Joshua 1 and 3 I've, I've, I've just camped out in Joshua 1 I know there's more but I just can't get out of it it says it like this Joshua 1 and 3 I promise you God talking to Joshua what I promised Moses that wherever you set your foot you will be on land that I've given you. Stop. Don't move the slide. Now, if you stop right here, you'll get out on a limb that can't support you. If you just take out a context that I'll, I'll just, wherever you set your foot, I'll give it to you, you'll get frustrated because you'll start walking in areas that you're not supposed to walk in. And so God tells Joshua, I'm going to give you everywhere you set your foot... Verse 4, from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. South, north, east, and west. What's that sound like to you? Boundaries. I'm going to give you everywhere you set your foot in these boundaries. In, in, including all the land of the Hittites and the termites and all the other ites. Come on, somebody. 
And if you'll stay in your boundaries, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. God says to Joshua, this is your area of destiny. This is the area. There's, there's a southern border. There's a northern border. There's an eastern and a western border. And in your area of destiny, I will give you every place you set your foot in this area. And if you'll stay in your area of destiny, no one will be able to come against you. You'll, you'll not lose. As long as you live, no one will be able to stand. I'll give you every city in this area. But if you start venturing out of this area, matter of fact, the, the, the chapter continues where God says, if you turn to the right or to the left, if you decide, I know God, this is what I'm supposed to be doing in my life, but that just seems too hard. I don't know. Jericho looks too big. It looks too, I, I don't know if I can do this. I think I'll just settle for over here. God says, that's fine. You can go over there if you want to. But I promise you success in here. Nobody can, nobody can stand against you in here. As long as you live, I'm going to put my hand on you in here. So if you feel like you're out of, you're out of the blessing of God, the protection of God, where's God at? Could it be that you crossed your boundary line? I'm trying to decide whether I'm going to say this or not. Which is probably a good thing not to say it. So let me say it better than I want to say it. If you don't like how I say it, my email address is stuartprice at I'm amazed at people who politically believe in boundaries, but spiritually don't think you need any. I'm surprised at people who take a strong stand on walls until it comes to your spiritual life. And then suddenly the borders are porous. And you have no boundaries. And rated R movies don't matter. And this music ain't going to hurt me. And nothing really matters. My kids can handle this. And you move in and out of borders. And there's no safety and security. Because you're out of your area of destiny. There's some things in your life that need boundaries. That this is my area of destiny. That I can't go everywhere you can go. Because God hasn't given me every area he's given you. That I can't, Paul says it like this. He says, all things are lawful to me. But not everything's expedient. Let me, let me, let me, let me explain it to you in Arkansas, you ready? I can do anything I want to do, anything I'm big enough to do. But everything that I can do is not helpful for me. Everything I could do with my life is not what God's called me to do with my life. There's an area of destiny. And once you discover it and you live your life in it, there's, there's something powerful about letting God limit you. Matter of fact, write it down like this, the next slide. Don't limit God. But let God limit you and then work within God's limits. Don't limit God's possibilities. Don't limit the promise of God. Don't limit what God can do in your life. But you need to ask God, God, where are the boundaries you want me? And then I'm going to work inside of the boundaries you've given me. God, show me the area of destiny I'm supposed to have. Show me where the boundaries are in my life. And then when you give me the boundaries of my life, Help me to stay in the boundaries so that you can bless me every day of my life. 
God, I'm not going to limit you. The difference between Moses and Joshua, Moses strikes a rock. He limits God. He gets mad at God because of what the people did. They built a golden calf, and Moses starts limiting God. Joshua limits himself. Joshua says, God, show me the limits you want me to have. Which one got the promised land? Joshua, not Moses. Because Moses lived without boundaries, and Joshua said, show me the southern border. Show me where I should go to the east. Tell me how far I can go. And then when I get inside of that promised land, I am going to take ground. You need to ask God for the limitations of your life. Where are the boundaries in my life? And then once you discover it, this is my last point, once you discover your area of destiny, you will have to fight for it. The day that the children of Israel crossed over the Jordan into the promised land. They were staring at the walled city of Jericho. It will be a fight for your area of destiny. It's not that because God gave you the borders, everything's going to be easy in here. No, no, no. In here, I'm going to have to fight for my family, fight for our marriage, fight for my, my calling, fight for the business I want to start. Fight. Just be, again, I told you, the promises of God are not a guarantee. They're a possibility. So God's promised me this area of destiny, but i got to get in here and fight for it. i got to take care of myself. i got to take care of my spiritual life. i gotta build my, my, I got to build my marriage. i got to build our, our relationship. I still have to fight for this area. It, it's a possibility that God's going to give me from the Euphrates to the mountains of Lebanon to the, the wilderness and the Negev. That, that's a possibility from God to the Mediterranean Sea. This is my area of destiny, but it's not promised to me. The promise is if you'll get inside there, I'll be with you every day you live. You're just going to have to fight for it. Joshua. Joshua gets in the middle of these battles. And I love what he says in Joshua 14. He gets in the middle of this fight. This is a quote out of your Bible. And he says this. I, 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 here I am today, 85 years old. I love that. I love that the Bible decides to tell his age. And, and I don't know that it's so much about his age as much as it is the principle that you'll use anything to disqualify yourself. I'll use anything to say, God, this sounds like a good idea, but you don't know. You're too old, too out of shape. Come on, somebody. Our marriage has gone too far. The kids are too, it's too broke. We, we've, we've spent too much, too far in debt. I just don't know if this is ever going to work. Joshua says, I'm 85 years old, and I am as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. He's talking about when he went, went into the promised land to spy it. He was 40 when he did that, 45 years later. I, I, again, I don't know if that's necessarily true. <laughs> I don't know if you're as strong at 85 as you are at 40. I haven't made it to 85 yet, but I think what he's trying to do is say, I've got just as much vision for this promised land as the day God Brought me there the very first time. And I'm just as vigorous to go to battle as I was then. I'd love to think of this little gray-haired old 85-year-old man. <laughs> and then I chose this translation for the next slide. He says, now give me this hill country. That the Lord promised me that day. And you yourself heard that the Anakites were there. Their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, 
I will drive them out. Just like you said I would. You may have to fight for the land. You, you may be older and out of strength. You, you, you may think it's never going to happen. 45 years from the day he walks into the promised land to the day he says this. 45 years from the time he's the spy with Caleb. And he carries grapes. They're so big, they have to carry them on their shoulders. A bunch, not multiple, just a bunch of grapes. They have to carry them on their shoulders. They're so big. And for 45 years, he keeps thinking about the promises of God. And at some point, he decides, this is it. Okay, God, I'm here. Now give me this mountain. I'll fight for this. I've decided, I've decided not to try to chase things that don't matter. And, and, and I'm calling you in 2020 to quit chasing things that don't matter. Quit spending your time and energy and effort and money on things that don't last. Things you're not even called to be doing anyway. Things that aren't in your area of destiny. Ask God. God, open my eyes and show me my limitations. Show me the boundaries. God, I'm not, I'm not going to limit you. I'm asking you to limit me. Cut away the things that shouldn't be. Kind of carve out the borders of my life. Carve out the borders of our marriage. Carve out the borders of our family. Maybe different than yours, by the way. There's some stuff Brandy and I have decided in our home. Not necessarily true for you. I just know for me, we've just carved out some borders. Okay, God, this is what you want for us. Now give me every area of ground in this boundary. Give me this hill country that you promised me on that day. Give, give me every area. I know, I know the cities are large. I know it's going to be a fight. But I'm up for the fight because I found my area. And go after it with everything you've got. And the Lord will be with you. And no one will be able to stand against you every day you live. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord Jesus, I open my heart today. Come on, pray this way. God, I'm asking you to open my eyes spiritually. God, give me vision for the future. I know there's been some hurt in my past and there's been some problems and some areas that I've, I wish were different, but God, I've lived my whole life looking in the rearview mirror how I was raised, my first marriage the hurt of my past. So give me future for the future. Give me vision for the future. Give me vision for what could be. Give me, give me vision for where I could go. And then God, show me my area of limitation. Come on, pray this way. Pray it from your heart. God, show me the limitations. Give me the boundaries of my destiny. Show me what I'm supposed to be doing. The areas I'm supposed to conquer. And then God, give me the strength to fight for every square inch that you have for me. God, I don't want to waste another day of my life. Not one more Monday do I want to waste doing something that I'm not supposed to be doing. Chasing something I'm not supposed to chase. Come on, keep your eyes closed. Some of you, some of you are chasing things that God meant to chase away. Some of you are chasing after things that God meant for you 
to not have, and you're chasing it down. And God said, no, no, I ran that away from you. I brought you out of there. I've given you some new boundaries so you could have a destiny and some promise. God, show that to me. Now, if that's you, nobody's looking around. Our team's in place and nobody's looking. Every eye's closed. If that's you and you need God to show you that area, if you're ready to step into that destiny, and you don't even know where the boundaries are, but you want it so desperately, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me, include me in this prayer. In our marriage, show me what to do. In my relationships, in my spiritual life, hands are up all over the house. Father, I pray for every hand that's raised. That God, today there would be a, there'd be a spiritual survey of the land. Show them where to go, the boundaries to take. Show them where the boundaries are in their life, their area of destiny that you have for them, I pray. God, lead them to that area of destiny with such vigor and strength that, God, you're going to give it to them regardless. God, they're going to fight hard. It doesn't matter what comes against them. God, it doesn't matter how big the cities are, how fortified they are. You promised them those areas. I pray for God, I pray for direction and clarity and strength that they will accomplish everything you've promised them. It may take a few years. It may take some hard battles. It may take some prayer. But God, you will do what you've promised to do. I thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody shout a big amen. Come on, shout a better amen.